Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Last week in the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, uh, we heard Satan, and we saw Satan appear to Jesus as if he were his greatest friend. Today we see Jesus appear to a woman as if he were her greatest enemy. You know, our modern tendency is to make Jesus uh, more appealing, more approachable, more soft. Among churches, it's become a, a capitalistic competition to see who can make Jesus most appealing. The belief is that the more appealing Jesus is, the more people will accept Jesus by their faith. So we imagine Jesus then not as someone to be worshipped, uh, to come to and humbly bow down before, or someone who, because he is the truth, uh, he is therefore someone uh, whom you must repent uh, before, uh, uh, repent of your sins and change. Instead, we're, we're falsely comforted with the illusion of a, of a soft and, and pliable Jesus. Uh, I don't need to change. Jesus will change for me. You know, we're very tempted to be prideful in our own faith. We put faith in faith. For that reason, I think the story of the Canaanite woman is, is one of the more important lessons that we can learn uh, in Scripture. Uh, the Canaanite woman comes to Jesus, and she's, uh, her daughter is severely demon-possessed. She cries out, she begs Jesus for help. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Matthew gives us the impression that, that she's been at this all day. She kept crying out. But Jesus here does something that doesn't seem like the Jesus that we know. He doesn't say anything at all. He doesn't seem to answer her prayer or even be listening. Well, the disciples notice this. They notice that her cry and her faith uh, aren't getting her anywhere. And you can imagine, for all sorts of different reasons, that she's a Canaanite. She's a woman. Women were not permitted to approach teachers. Uh, her face probably not strong enough. She's not a descendant of Abraham. Uh, she's not a citizen of Israel. And so they approach Jesus, and they pray to, her, uh, or pray to Jesus on her behalf. And they're confident that if Jesus won't answer her, he will answer them. And so they come and they plead just like her, except they pray to Jesus to make her go away. Send her away because she keeps crying out after us. So, now whose prayer is Jesus going to listen to? The disciples who have been with him for years or this Canaanite woman, this foreigner and enemy of the Jews? Well, The answer to that question depends on what you believe about faith. Does a stronger faith mean that God will be more likely to listen to you? Or in other words, does a stronger faith that you will be able to bend God to your will? By outward appearances, the disciples appear to have the stronger faith. Is faith a means merely to get beyond 
hardship and the, and the cross and suffering. Uh, but Jesus answers these two prayers with a non sequitur, an answer that does not follow or make sense with uh, the request. Uh, he says in response to the disciples to send her away, he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It sounds like a denial to this poor woman and a concession to the disciples. But if you miss it, there's a, there's a key word in what Jesus said. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, Jesus' purpose is to seek and save the lost, not give believers whatever they want or whatever they think they deserve. In fact, we confess in the Catechism with the Lord's Prayer that the good and gracious will of God is done when he strengthens and keeps us steadfast in his word and in faith until our end. And although our Father hears the prayers of believers, we actually pray that our Father in heaven would not answer our prayers for the sake of our faith. For we are not worthy of anything that we ask, neither have we deserved it. But we pray that he would give us everything by grace. Well, now, at this point, this woman could do one of two things. Uh, one, she could have trusted her experience and clung on to her faith, uh, believing that Jesus was her enemy because she deserved better uh, or that Jesus wasn't being gracious enough to help her. And so she would give up and go home. Or she could cling on not to her faith, but to Jesus' word. And that's what she does. She clings on to Jesus' word. And the word of God always demands a response. Jesus' word creates the response in her not to, not to reject it, not to go home, but to actually follow him into a house, as Mark tells us, fall down at his feet and say, Lord, help me. But one last time, Jesus appears harsh. He answered her, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, she's a Kananea, a Canaanite, but Jesus seems to call her a Canarios, from which we get canine, a dog. In Greek, it's a play on words, a Canaanite, canine. Uh, but in the context of the region of Tyre and Sidon, between the Jews who hated the Canaanites and vice versa, uh, for the word dog to be used in connection with a Canaanite woman was was the most derogatory of terms. And yet, she does not despair, but she actually agrees with Jesus' judgment, and she concedes that, yes, she is a dog, and desires also no more than the dog is entitled to, namely that she may eat the crumbs that fall from the table of the Master. Now, Luther, in a sermon in this text, uh, says something uh, marvelous. Here. I think it's, it's one of his greatest uh, sermons. He says, she catches Christ with his own words. She catches Christ with his own words. Because dogs get to eat the scraps that fall from their master's table. And that's all she needs. She catches Christ in his own words and she holds him to it. She demands that Jesus answer her prayer not for the sake of her faith, but for the sake of his own promise that he re would remember his mercy that he promised. And in fact, that's why we say amen at the end of the Lord's Prayer. Amen means that we should be sure that because these petitions are petitions that God himself has told us to pray, 
that he himself has, has also promised to hear and answer them. Amen means yes, yes, it shall be so. And so all this is written for us. Because often it seems that God does not hear our prayers. It seems often that God is our enemy. But we have her example so that we may know and believe how deeply God conceals or hides his good and gracious will and his grace. That although he may appear to be our enemy, he is our greatest help and friend. All the while this woman had been praying to Jesus, Jesus never once said no. All his answers indeed sounded like no, but they are not no. He did not say to her, be quiet. I'm tired of you. Stop pestering me. Go away. He did not say she is not of the house of Israel, but that he was sent only to the house of Israel. He left it pending whether or not she was actually of the house of Israel. That depended on where her faith lied, if her faith trusted in her own faith or if her faith trusted in Jesus' words. Finally, Jesus did not say that she was a dog, merely that one should not give the children's bread and throw it to the dogs, leaving it undecided whether she were a dog or not. And although all these trials of her faith sounded more like no than yes, there was more yes in them than no. And in fact, there is only yes in them. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ, St. Paul said. Yes, and amen. This woman exemplifies a key thought throughout all of Scripture, that Jesus has come to save sinners through faith in him alone. He has come to save sinners by the cross. Now, that doesn't seem like a profound thought until you realize what it means to be saved through faith in Christ. Salvation is not a mere potential until your faith grows strong enough to accept it and experience it uh, and then receive all these good things from God. Faith is passive and comes through hearing. And so that means everything understood by experience must be taken away. The physician is helpful and welcome to the sick. The hungry have no need for him. Rations of food and water are helpful and life-giving only to someone who is hungry and thirsty. To the full and rich, they're a joke. Likewise, a Savior is only welcoming to the poor and the humble, those who look outside of themselves. To the prideful, those confident in their own faith, they have no need of a Savior. And we could make Jesus look as appealing and approachable and friendly and lovely as possible, but unless we are first humbled and brought low, we will have no need for him. As another woman in Scripture, Jesus' own mother, saying, The hungry he has filled with good things, but the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Jesus remembers his mercy. Not for the sake of our faith, but out of his love and grace alone. Jesus is the Savior to lost sheep. Jesus is the Savior to helpless children. Jesus is the Savior to little dogs. And he is the Savior to all those who cling to his word alone. 
And that means you. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.